came to realize that what started out as a natural disaster became a man-made disaster. We cannot control the natural disaster, but what we can do is control our response. Have you ever wondered whether disasters are actually natural? If so, you're in the right place. Hello and welcome. My name is Jason von Medding. And I am Xenia Chmutina. This is Disasters Deconstructed, a podcast where we examine why disasters really happen. Thank you for tuning in. Okay, welcome back to Disasters Deconstructed. Hey, Ksenia. Hey, Jason. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Very well, thank you. And welcome to our listeners. And um, today we have the second part of our project on COVID-19 and children and youth in the Asia-Pacific region. If you haven't listened to the first part on the experiences and impacts of COVID-19 before this one, we do recommend that you start there and then come back to this one. And just to remind you before we get started that the interviews we're sharing with you today were gathered by an amazing group of young people in the Asia-Pacific region who engaged in policy and participatory action research in their local communities. The project was funded by the Stockholm Environment Institute and led by the UN Major Group for Children and Youth and Children and Youth International in partnership with the Asia-Pacific Coalition for School Safety. And today we will be listening to children and youth in the region discussing their hopes for the future after COVID-19 and what they think that adults and decision makers need to hear. Mm. Laurie Peake and Alice Fothergill wrote in their latest piece, What Kids Can Do. And I quote, children in crisis deserve our attention and focus. They also have a fundamental human right to be listened to, respected and protected. This is a moment when we need to be listening to the children's voices, taking their concerns and ideas seriously and learning from what they have to say. Mm. Um, as always, you know, Laurie um, has so much to reflect upon and, you know, the, the words of wisdom from her are just mm. always so precious. And with that, um, let's move to the episode. So in the first part of our episode today, we will be hearing our participants' reflections on the lessons that they have learned during the pandemic, as well as on the ways for moving forward. Let's go. I think that the COVID-19 is definitely going to change how we perceive the world and what we can do to stop climate change or save the environment. Life is going to be definitely different because of the COVID-19 pandemic, so I'm not sure what would stay the same after the COVID-19 pandemic. Maybe sports. By in me, the world, by Garam's significant amount of um, social and economic problems, inequalities that by Emira need for um, addressing and also eliminating collectively. And also after the pandemic, each country should maintain and update their pandemic um, response strategy and budget and also focus on improving their health systems and services. After the COVID-19 pandemic, the change that I would like to see is the life before the COVID-19 pandemic where the gatherings were there, where smiles were there, where chit-chats were there, freely moving out and in. We cannot expect that COVID-19 will, uh, will end soon, so uh, we have to get in affected for that. Therefore, 
the social regulation uh, the social safety net should be adapted for those who lose the jobs and other people who need the support in the society so they these things should be implemented by the country by the government and the election elected representatives following the health protocols it's very a good uh, a good outcome of uh, this unfortunate virus because now uh, after this uh, outbreak of this deadly virus now everyone is going to wash their hands regularly they will wear mask whenever go to public places because there is not only a single covid-19 virus rather there are there are thousands of virus uh, out there in the environment so they should not only wear mask because of this uh, covid-19 rather for other diseases as well and for taking care of our health in terms of after i think we'll just be living in a post covid-19 world where covid-19 will probably be a communicable disease that we will hopefully be vaccinated against and i think in terms of what things might change well i think definitely international travel um our outlook on transmissible diseases i think um a whole generation and health literacy um will also change and their ability to interpret transmissible diseases i think also it will change i guess a whole generation's understanding of mental health um and prioritization of mental health as well given that this as such far ranging and reaching kind of consequences you know i think at the end of the day what we'll say the same will be kind of the human desire to still connect um the human desire to get around and to learn about cultures to travel um and those aspects of life and human nature i think we'll say the same and i think it's just going to be a different way in which we explore all of these things but inherently i think we're still going to want to do the same things which is meet up with people have good conversations build meaningful connections um achieve things change the world for the better and i think those things won't change this they won't be the same and i think just in a covid in a post covid-19 pandemic world it will probably um just be in a noted way that uh, the new generation will change the world for the better what i would like to um have stay the same is the work from home options i do hope that we are able to have um that alternative um you know as we are moving into a more digital era and also um i think that uh you know this whole pandemic has given us a reset button to reflect on um a lot of things that happened in our life and so you know a lot of us are being more considerate are being more kind and mindful to our surroundings so i do hope that this would stay the same and that people would constantly practice this i think people are now changing the way of living for example uh how they wash the hand the frequency of washing the hands uh the hygiene routine is now changed and people are now knowing or finding a way to work from home and this is a new style of working for some industry even for students as well because students are now using more online classes to support their uh study schedule even after covid 19 pandemic i think uh travel plans will be resumed that's something we have been yearning for even if we resume our travel plans we may be more careful by uh, knowing the personal hygiene tips perhaps you bring your hand sanitizer in your bag you bring more spare face mask face mask just in case you may need them so the routine of our daily lives may resume 
but we add some more elements to keep ourselves protected. Change in the education system, change in the government and public response to such events and forcing events. I think the nationalism and the service we are getting right now should stay the same. Resilience built within the Buddhist people community should stay the same. I think after all this is over, people will be more considerate about keeping healthy relationships with people, like not taking others for granted and giving the respect to other people how they deserve. I prefer the less environmental pollution and the good, star good side we witnessed during this lockdown period. Uh, will stay the same. I, I, I wish they stay the same. I would really hope uh, that the world would see um, after the pandemic actually the world would see how much we need the same policies and how much we need the same strategies to handle the uh, uh, handle other existential crises that we have climate change being one of them of course um, so I think that uh, the our, our, our governments would be more considerate uh, of that fact that if something is similar to this similar to this pandemic hit us again in the future will our major negotiations be stopped again because we never learn things that will get better hopefully would be that we will have this learning from the COVID-19 pandemic that um, the world can shut down any moment so be prepared for, for it and be prepared to um, maybe lead your life that way I think for a while we would still be traumatized by what has happened to us Things that will change, our normal schedules, plans will resume. Plans to travel, plans to meet. And things that might stay the same might be, I think, some people's positive approach to the current pandemic. Like some people have realized how climate change is severe. Um, and some people have thought about how much happiness or importance their family and friends lives and relationship plays in their own lives so you know like rethinking your priorities so i think those lessons might stay with us for a while one thing i seriously think is that after the covid-19 pandemic the world will unlikely to return to the world that was. I personally learned um, some more me time and more self-sufficiency. How does it actually feel to do nothing at all and how to spend time only with yourself? A lot of things should change, including how we look at our society. We live in a very uh, materialistic world and the COVID-19 pandemic showed a lot of things that, that we are not focusing on what is really important for us as human beings, as people. So uh, it's important that we leave aside the materialistic gains but also look at people, looking at our environment, looking at how we can make a socially resilient and sustainable world. So I believe 
a lot of change a lot of change should come what is the actual need or is it just money and profit that we look for there could be a lot of interest on the health sector um there could be a lot of funding in terms of how to avoid uh the pandemic or similar situations coming about but other than that i think the world will go back to normal that's what i'm seeing people have already forgotten the impact or the outcomes of the pandemic so it's immensely important that we continue to realize that there was a change something didn't work uh but unfortunately i don't think a lot of things will change in our society obviously one inevitable result of covid-19 is that there is going to be a big structural and emotional change in society to the way they respond to this kind of crisis and i think every generation from there forth they have gone through this kind of epidemic and pandemic where this world has adapted because i think that is again a process of evolution where people learn how to deal with crisis situations people come up with vaccines humans step into the scenario children who have grow, grown up with the covid-19 pandemic they will always have it at the back of their mind to be extra careful to uh, practice things like good hygiene in the developing countries there's not been change in the daily routine or the life like i see people still go out uh, uh without even bothering uh, to wear the mask or anything like yeah most of the population still like believe that there is no virus and it's just like some sort of propaganda or something so many of our participants felt that the society will actually be never quite the same again mm. as we will be moving and perhaps have already moved into digital space permanently um but at the same time what was for me i guess most interesting is that reflection or the that feeling that actually whilst we see so much change um in a nutshell nothing really changes right and that we will return to normal um and i use that kind of in quotation marks mm. right depending on how you look at normal more people have hope that perhaps we will learn more about care and about our relationship and the kind of the connection we have in our lives and that for me is really kind of pertinent and salient because i think uh before the pandemic so many of us kind of grown ups almost blamed children and youth for not connecting right for just kind of looking at their phones and yeah. perhaps not like thinking about care but i guess um we've been proven wrong again that's so true and i think for me if society is going to change uh that's kind of fundamental to what needs to happen right is that we need to understand our interconnection more and we need to develop a um new way of connecting with each other a new way of being in relationship and like a politic of care right mm-hmm. and the children and youth get it although you know some of the stories that we heard here reflected maybe a worry that nothing will change you know that will just go back to normal and i think i think that the participants reflected their concern about that right because they don't want it to go back to like so called normal and mm-hmm. but i think we heard a lot of hope here that the next generation wanted to be different and they want us to stay in this place where we care about each other 
you know, not go back to normal where we don't care, right? And I think that's kind of powerful. Absolutely. And so in this next section of the episode, our participants are telling us about what they think the key messages are that we as adults and decision makers need to hear and understand. Adults, uh, well, they need to understand uh, the stress children, uh, the young people uh, are having uh, while, while they stay home because, you know, it's very crucial for the young people to go outside to engage, to engage, to engage socially with their friends and, you know, um, with, with other people. Uh, so they they should understand because if if young people are there they are behaving strangely uh, while staying home though so adult people should understand that it's just because of the negative consequences of staying home the power is with the elected government because they have they have police they have army to ensure to ensure this uh, um, you know the, the protocol they have announced but i think that it's also very necessary that uh, parents or teachers uh, advise the children young children who only listens to listen to their parents i i suppose so yeah they both are playing their part and uh, it's very good and i'm happy about it that the awareness which who and other organizations are trying to spread is now uh, thankfully uh, is in effect um, all over the world not every child might have the opportunity to access online learning from their home due to different circumstances so i think the teachers have to take that to mind and the media has to be very responsible and careful in reporting information because uh, this is actually an infodemic where you have so much of information is affected children's mental health because um, they have been going on this endless cycle of um, studying, not knowing when exams would um, happen. Because you know sometimes exams just keep cancelling uh, for whatever reason, so they are just constantly on this cycle of like studying and you know not knowing when exams would be here. I think one uh, message that I could tell. Um, you know, teachers and government officials would be to think of an alternative um, and also like a different grading system because I guess um, at the end of the day not everything is exam based right so maybe they could look at like 80% of like exam based and 20% of like coursework or even just participation or I mean just coming up with different um, grading methods would be um, good in this scenario. For the government officials, I would say to not be hypocrites because they just, if they implement COVID-19 lockdown rules, they should also follow it. They should have this, um, this sense of uh, superiority where they can do whatever they want and the citizens can't. But for parents and teachers, I would just say to, to understand the children because sometimes the workload could be too much or parents not understanding how the students how much homework the students have as well as like screen time because sometimes we have a lot of homework that records the screen and because of online school, it doubles that, the amount of screen time. If uh, not uh, comforted the children and young people with the right news, uh, with the right advices, then I think there is more possibility for getting the tender minds to have more mental trauma. As of children, I feel that though they don't have any worries about paying the bills or jobs or anything, 
But this generation, children are more outgoing. They like to go out, do parties, hang out with friends. But since the COVID-19 has restricted all these things, there might be some mentally effect on them. Same goes to the young people. The, due to COVID-19, all the opportunities are being restricted. There's, so I feel that adults should know that not only them, but also the children and the youngs are also being affected. Everyone has to be more responsible and do their job properly. Adults need to be more considerate about the mental health about the young, young and young people and the children on both. Because uh, even for children, they have the, like the shift from physically meeting your teachers, your friends, and going shifting to having everything online was a drastic change. And same for the young people also because uh, young people and the children are in the most active stage of their life so that was a big change having to stay indoors and limiting their contacts was a huge change for them so adults have to be more considerate about their mental health i'd say take their needs into consideration currently we are relying heavily on face masks hand sanitizer and you know, that means your personal hygiene must be kept in a good standard. And that's what an adult should know and how, and they should know how to teach the next generation as well, because they are a role model for children and young people. In Hong Kong society, Facebook is just a tool. It doesn't mean that only patients can wear that, but people who feel unwell or who feel the situation is a little bit not clean, then the people will wear it just to protect themselves. And also, wearing a mask is not a sign of showing your, oh, you're, uh, you will become weak. No, it's not like that. You see the detection of the positive virus in the foreign countries much higher than in Asia societies. So first thing, you need to know how to wear a face mask properly because sometimes I've seen noses coming out from a mask and that's, what, what's the point of wearing that? That is just a waste of material that other people are yearning for. In the outskirts of Colombo where the prevention mechanisms are at a very low stake uh, and where safety measures are not being abided, I think parents should take that extra mile to ensure that even when schools open, even when uh, tuition classes open, that their children are safe. So abiding by the basic safety measures and especially uh, this, this goes out to everyone actually surviving during the COVID-19 pandemic. When going out, one thing I have seen uh, very much is that if you go to a restaurant, restaurant if you go to a shopping mall, uh, if you go anywhere, there has been a new scheme of prevention mechanisms introduced where they have introduced QR codes, where they have introduced uh, writing down your name and your NIC and the places you visit. One thing I have seen in today's society is that people tend to get aggravated when they are asked to fill this form, when they are asked to scan a QR code and you can't really you don't really have a choice because you're not doing it just for yourself. You're doing it for the rest of the society. In terms of the elected government officials, uh, one of the messages I have 
is to always listen to the general public because we, when you watch the news you really see how people struggle whether they are from the most rural areas in sri lanka whether they are from prison or whether they are from the most unanticipated circumstances i think elected government officials in addition to sticking by their plan they should also take into account new aspects of struggle struggle that people actually go through because uh, when you when you take a lot of elected government officials one one criticism that everyone has to give is you know they will never understand what we are going through I think the COVID-19 pandemic represents a really pivotal moment in and amongst children and young people to really reflect on society, um, to really learn more about society and also to kind of identify what role models there are out in the world. We're all kind of walking role models. I think I think the biggest message I would put forward is um, that this is going to for especially for government officials and leaders of the world this is an incredibly important time um, that if any time this is when leadership will shine and i think uh as much as the younger generation also kind of wants to take uh, the problem in its hand uh, and just solve it and to also contribute as much as we can um we do really want to see that leadership from um the generations above us uh to be able to you know listen to medical advice to be able to provide honest information and to be transparent about their actions um the good the bad and the ugly um and i think creating a more um collegial public discourse is extremely important whatever happens for covid-19 um really does impact um significantly to the youth and no doubt everybody else as well who've been impacted whether someone's lost a loved one or um a loved one has been ill or they themselves have been impacted by covid-19 Uh, there is such a significant impact and oftentimes i feel like it's very difficult to see the impact um but uh, there is definitely no doubt rippling effects not just to people's physical health but i think also to people's mental health um and also to public trust within institutions and government and i think that's one of the things that has been on the chopping board over the past few years um and to build that up is extremely important and covid-19 represents an opportunity to do so for the children and young people who still learning and growing in life and needs to go out and they need to experience the things i mean i strongly believe that um l- linguistic inclusivity in any um in any awareness session or in any uh, counseling session is very important whatever who is doing is very inspiring and whatever they are doing um i'm like i'm really appreciative of their work and they're really trying to help the community the global community but um one cannot provide the same information in every regional language for every single country that's difficult that's near to impossible even in pakistan for example we have a lot of regional languages it won't be realistic if i would ask who to provide their you know authentic information in every single regional language even i cannot speak all the languages so i think that it's effective but uh, the linguistic inclusivity element is missing continue to take this pandemic very serious sometimes uh, now we are not taking it as serious as we used to take it at the early stages we should still take the pandemic very seriously it can spread very fast and it can cause harm fatal damage to people 
adults need to understand children and young people are mostly affected especially one due to lack of mobilization and also at the same time uh, due to widespread economic and social impact of the pandemic for example a lot of young people have lost employment or are finding it difficult to employment and at the same time since families especially in marginalized communities are affected economically by this uh, pandemic situation a lot of young people a lot of students a lot of children have left schooling left universities and are looking for daily wage earning which is also very difficult at this time and it is important that um, adults or even decision makers are aware of these challenges because if young people are taken away from the process then it's very uh, difficult and could have long term future impact to the society of the country for children um, their ability to comprehend such complex situation is very limited and so be patient with them and for young people i feel like their energy is very high and so they might be feeling restless because they've been bound to certain restrictions like staying at home um, not going over to their friend's house not being able to go to school for a while so understand that it's very difficult to sus- i mean to hold on to that energy and just suppress it somewhere so i hope um adults understand that children need to release their energy and although the adults in the house and the children or the young people at homes energy do not match i hope um, we can look for solutions where all um their energy and all your energy is somewhere met in the um for the teachers I mean everybody respects you. I mean all the children res- still respect you and want you back. I know it's a little unconventional to study online. You might be feeling like um you know the children are not giving as much attention and as much input but this is the best that they can do and th- you're doing your best so So in those reflections by our children and youth participants I think what we heard was that they are really calling for adults in their lives and adults in society to just listen to them and when they're mm. designing policy designing mechanisms for supporting children and youth that they need to listen to the experiences and the needs and wants of um those they claim to care about and claim to be making decisions on behalf of so like we we listen to these stories of you know mental health struggles education struggles and they're real and mm. um i think what we're hearing is that children and youth experience the world and experience covid differently than adults and so Um I think it's just amazing that we can uh, share these stories and I hope that adults are listening. Absolutely. And it really is wonderful to hear how challenging and thought-provoking these reflections are. 
they really give us a completely different perspective. And they just emphasize so many important messages for duty bearers that perhaps, again, we just neglect, right? Because there's that perception somehow that an adult knows better mm-hmm. and that very often there isn't even a space for a child or a young person to to voice their worries or their hopes. We've heard about the impact of pandemic. We've reflected on the lessons that many have learned. But most importantly, we heard children and youth talking about the future, the problems, the challenges, and the hopes that the future could bring if only we listen to them. So as we come to the end of this mini-series, I just want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in and for spending time listening to these stories. I hope there's a lot to reflect on. And I want to again thank all of the partners on the project um, for dreaming this up, you know, and focusing on this important um, topic of children and youth experiences of COVID. And um, thank you again to the youth researchers across the region that participated and interviewed children and and youth for the project. And most importantly, we really want to thank the participants who shared their stories so powerfully and just gave their time and their emotional labor to this project, reflecting on their experiences. And we hope that this episode highlights again, just like we always try to on this podcast, why the voices of everyone needs to be heard. Well, thank you all for being with us today. And before you go, a few quick reminders about how you can stay connected with the podcast. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at DisastersDecon. The podcast is available on all the major platforms. Please download, share, and most importantly, subscribe. And if you haven't already done this, we really appreciate your ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. This will help us to continue making content for you. You've been listening to Disasters Deconstructed. And don't forget, disasters are not natural. See you next time.